millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Scoopy Radio. In your airways. On the TV. On the NBA playoffs. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at ScoopB. Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. Make sure, most importantly, that you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast, which is available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. And it's the summertime, and the summer's hot. We got a lot of interviews lined up. And uh, on the line right now is a Laker we kind of know. Uh, it's none other than Scott Machado, who joins Scoopy Radio. Scott, welcome to the show. What's up, what's up? How you doing? Man, I'm glad to finally get you on. A year later, we finally got this right. Yes, sir, man. It's been far long overdue. Yeah, but you know what? In that year that we've we've been trying to make it happen, a lot has changed with you. And for those who are trying to the party, Scott Machado was no no slouch. Um, You played at St. Mary's High School in Manhasset, then transferred over to St. Benedict's. Um, You were a star at Iona College, um, taking them pretty far. Um, First and foremost, did you get a chance – to watch Iona in a tournament uh, this year. What were your thoughts uh, in this season? Well, I mean, they got to go up against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had just uh, won a NCAA tournament the year before, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lost a few good players, but they were still a, a team to reckon with. And while I was watching the game, Iona was up at half, so they played a really good first half. Um, and almost always known to do so in the first half. And then a team so experienced like North Carolina with the dudes that were coming back from after winning the championship, they kind of ended up controlling the game. But I was very happy to watch the game, kind of was excited to see them compete at that level. And I honestly give them a run for their money. And um, I was enjoying it the whole time. I, I wish I could have been at the game and I could have <laughs> went on the court at halftime and took the ball. Like, we out of here. We won. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's it, really. Like, I, I was super, super happy for them. Four years in a row, MAC champion. So, um, Tim Clue, shout out to him. He's doing an unbelievable job up there. Scott Machado on the line with Scoopy Radio, a winner of the Haggerty Award in 2012. Uh, as a freshman, you led the Gales in points scored. Uh, you scored 288, which was a 9.2 per game average. 
but as a senior, you actually broke the school record for assists in that game. Uh, I believe it was against Sienna's. Uh, you broke Sienna Ronald Moore's MAC record uh, against Nevada. Um, for you, um, when you look at the NBA game, and I guess you're kind of licensed to speak on it because you look, you play in the NBA, you've played in the D League, and we're going to talk about the, or the G League. We talked about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when you look at today's NBA game and today's college game, do you think that the point guard is evolving? Like, do you think that the, 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 the traditional point guard uh, or the combo guard is, 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 is running, I guess, college basketball? Do you think, what, what do you think the, the state of point guard is? I think, um, the more evolved and the more you can do as a point guard, the better. Um, and I, I would like to say that for every position, but since I'm a point guard, I think the more that you can do, the more that you can shoot the ball, the more that you can pass the ball, set up your teammates, the more that you can get to the basket and finish at the hoop, the more the more you're capable of running a team and the more you're capable of dominating a game. Um, and that point guard position is very important because ultimately they control the game um, with the tempo, with the play calls, um, with the talk, the communication, um, with the leadership. Even though some might not want it, they're kind of giving it because you're the point of the you're, you're at the point of the snake. Um, so since you're running the point guard position, you have a lot of responsibility. Scott Machado on the line with Scoopy Radio. Subscribe to Scoopy Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn app, or simply by visiting ScoopBeatRadio.com. Scott, you're a uh, honorary. You were honored with uh, the D League, now the G League All Rookie Team uh, honors in 2013. Um, you look at your journey. Uh, you see, you you've played for the Warriors on a 10 day contract. Um, you played on the Toronto Raptors in the summer league. Um, and then you look at Jeremy Lin, who was a member of the Toronto Raptors. You guys have crossed paths, I'm sure, between Golden State and just you being a native New Yorker. How cool is it to see Jeremy Lin actually playing in the NBA Finals as a member of the Toronto Raptors? Uh, I feel good, man. Um, as a kid that was always very hardworking, um, and you see his perseverance of sticking around in the NBA and always being somebody that was very positive and optimistic in everything that he went about. Um, and just to see him have that spark that he had with the Knicks and then to be a teammate of his in Houston, um, you've seen the maturity in the, in the man. You, you've seen how much he worked on his game. You've seen the type of person that he was. And I'm just happy to see him get to that, that finals, um, get to that finals point. Um, it's a great accomplishment for him. What was he like in Houston? Um, I guess he had just came off the the like the insanity um, mm-hmm. phase, and he uh, got a contract to go play in Houston. And since he got the contract to go play in Houston, he it was a very young team, and he had to kind of come in and try to lead the group. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what James got his his first uh, max deal with. He was coming in to try to lead the group. So it was a lot of people coming in to try to lead this uh, pack. And Jay Lynn, Jay Lynn was very confident in what he was doing. He was very comfortable out there. And he also had a lot of, like, words of wisdom 
for like a rookie like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was very uh I'd like to say he was very in tune with what was happening in Houston and his career, um, and the level of play that he had to play at in Houston. That's fair. When you, I think you're, you're again, qualif- you have the qualifications to speak on this. When you look at the D League, which is now the G League, do you hear players in locker rooms discuss Jeremy Lin as kind of the light, or at least the, the pioneer, and guys really taking the ball and running in the NBA? Like, is that a conversation that players actually have? Is Jeremy Lin being the, the face of that process? Um, I, I feel like there's a bunch of players that have done. No such thing. Um, like Danny Green, his teammate, that's on mm-hmm. Toronto now too. Um, and then Fleet that's did it too. And um, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but I, I think I, 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 the three guard, the big long one. You talking about Omar Sheik? No, no, not Omar Sheik. Uh, on Toronto right now, the the three guard. Oh, you talking about one. um? You talking about what's his face? Uh. You're not talking about Pascal. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, and, like, they all went through that phase of the G League to go to the NBA and doing their thing. Um, they went with definitely at the top of the list to start that off. Um, and I just think, like, when it comes to, like, guards around the, like, around the game of basketball, Mm-hmm. You have to you have to be doing something really special to get an opportunity like he's got, um, right? But at the same time, I think they there's not like there's not a guard. I'm not gonna say there's not a guard that I don't know that could be in the NBA, uh, but I'm gonna say that like the opportunity for guards to get to the NBA is is hard because a lot of guards can play, but at the same time. You have to like have that instilled confidence, that instilled leadership, and you have to differentiate yourself from other sure. players in a certain way to be like, yeah, we got to get a shot. And I think that's what Jeremy Glenn did when he was in the G League. He was playing super hard defense. He was playing good on offense. He was he was just a hard nosed worker at the game, and that's how it went. And he he built his own reputation at it, and he basically has that reputation of being a hard worker in the NBA. So he's been sticking. He's been sticking in the NBA. He proved himself when he was in New York. He got to prove himself a little bit in Houston. Um, then he went to Charlotte, and he was rocking out with Kimbo over there. And He's been doing his thing, man. He's definitely paved the path for G League players, um, along with other guys. Um, but he was definitely at the top of that list. You're a point guard because in true point guard fashion, we'll put in the light back on you. And I'll say this. Uh, you played in the G League uh, with stints in France, Estonia, Germany, and Spain. Uh, and basically, you were running things in the G League. And, and you don't have to be modest. Um, you, you scored a ton of points. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, at one point you were the G League Player of the Week with, with averages of 25 points, 14.7 assists, and 5.7 rebounds for the South Bay Lakers. Bro, what's in your Wheaties? What's in the Wheaties? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was playing above uh, school, but at the at that moment when I was going through that month, um, 
And I don't know why, but once it starts, like, once the season starts to wind down, I start to pick up my play, like, naturally. Like, and it's not like something that, like, I predict or something that I, I try to do. But as I, like, get to know my teammates and as I get to know where my teammates want the ball and I start to get to see how teams guard me and, like, how other teams switch it up, like, I start to, like, really pick the game up. Like, I really start to learn everything that's happening. And to me, you know, in that month, I felt like everything was coming so easily. And once it starts coming so easily and I slow the game down in my head, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's very few people that can stop that, um, if anybody. And I think that at this game, at this game of basketball that I've been playing for so long, I've been around so many types of basketball, so many types of defense, so many types of coaches and players that I feel like I'm I'm a point guard that can adjust to a team that needs a point guard that could play certain defense or play certain offense or like lead the pack in lead the pack in a certain way that the team would want me to. Um, just because I've learned how to play it in so many different ways. Like, some teams might ask me to score a lot, or some teams sure. might ask me to pass the ball a lot. But some teams might just ask me to go pick up the ball full court and just, that's all you need to do, and just call the play out, and maybe not even bring the ball up. Maybe have a point forward on my team or somebody else that can bring the ball up and uh-huh. they call the shot. And you can sit me in the corner. Like, so just just the growth of my game and um, and everything that I was capable of learning throughout these years, I feel like just like made me more of a stern basketball player. Um, and that's how I felt going through that month. Um, and of course, I mean, I was super happy that I got that. I think that was my that was my like that was my accolade before I got my caller. And I kind of felt like I needed to do something like that to even get a caller. Um, because yeah. last year I felt like last year I felt like I was doing my thing too, and I didn't get no player of the month or nothing like that, and I didn't get a call up. I mean, I felt like I guess I got to do something to like grab attention, so that's like oh, they bugging for not giving this kid a call up. Let me ask you a question: The Lakers called you up October twelfth, two thousand eighteen. I remember I texted you, congratulations. Did mm-hmm. you know you were gonna get cut, or did we, and were you disappointed when you found out you were? Um, I I kind of knew I was gonna get it. Um, but I didn't know it was going to be the Lakers. Um, I knew somebody had to call me up because it was like I was being so good that they couldn't deny what I was doing. And at that point, it was like, man, if I don't if I don't get a call up, like maybe they just don't want me like in the NBA. And it was like that can't be it. Like I never did anything. Like there's no reason why they wouldn't want me in the NBA. Like I think I'm talented enough to be in it. So, like, when I started to feel that it was going to come, I was like, yeah, it's going to come. But I didn't know it was going to be the Lakers. And, like, when they did the whole uh, video before me getting called up, I, I kind of, like, speculated that's what it was. Um, so I just let it rock, really. Um, and then as they went through the process of telling me that I was about to get a call up, little by little, I kind of just knew, like, that's what, it, that's what this is right now. Um, and that's how it went down. And then you got the call up from the Lakers again. Uh, this time, obviously, Lonzo Ball 
was hurt. You, the Lakers had a series of injuries this season. Scoopy Radio on the line with Scott Machado. I mean, when you talk about that situation, playing for the Lakers and, and playing and, you know, obviously a lot of injuries, how much did you take pride in not only playing for the Lakers, but actually filling a role that was needed? You weren't just there just be, just to fill a, a, a roster space. It felt good, man. It felt good. Like, honestly, that was, like, the first opportunity that I got in my stint in the NBA to, like, actually play important minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, before, I, like, when I was with the Rockets, I only played 20, 20 minutes. And when I say 20, 20 minutes for the people that are listening and don't really know, like, basketball terms, but I only played if we were up 20 or down 20. Mm-hmm. So they called me the 20, 20 guy. And that's what it was. And when I got to go to state, they were on the they were on the the verge of clinching for the playoffs and going into the playoffs. So like a role for me on a team that is playing very well was not really realistic, but for the future. Um and as I as that happened, I was there enjoying that ride. I was seeing leaders lead, I was seeing good players play, and I was just there enjoying the ride. And learning, just observing, like sponging everything. And it was, that's what it was. And this time they allowed me to play in like minutes. Like, granted, we ended up finding out we wasn't clinching. Uh, we knew we wasn't making the playoffs. And granted, like, some people didn't play. But um, when they put me in there, I got to show what I'm capable of doing in the amount of time that they gave me. And I was forever grateful for that. Um, so hopefully that leads to something. What was playing for the Lakers like? You hear the Lakers, there's drama, there's this, there's that. What are the players in the locker room saying? How are they feeling about this situation? What was the day in the life in the locker room of the Los Angeles Lakers? It was different, man. It was different. I feel like I had a bunch of like vets and superstars on my team that knew what it was like to be in, like, serious playoff games and serious championship games. And it's like a lot of people disappointed, like, disappointed at what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't really get a, a good read on it as far as, like, the morale of how it was in the locker room because everybody liked each other. Like, that was, that was not a problem. Hmm. It was just racking up wins and why we are and why we are. And it's like a lot of injuries, obviously. Um, But at the same time, I still think very talented enough to to make stuff happen Um, and not really finding a way to to find a solution in that. Um, So it was a a work in progress all year. Um, And, I mean, I wasn't there all year, but you can see it from afar. Um, and being in the locker room, you couldn't really tell what the problem was. You couldn't. Because um, I wasn't there long enough. And that I Christmas would like game to say, changed it. You think so? I do. I think when you look at the Christmas game, I think it's your interview, but just when you say looking from afar, I feel like LeBron hurting his groin, him being out longer, the trade, the trade rumors, and also I think the bright spot was the Zubac coming out party at the Christmas game. And I feel like he was rewarded by getting a solid role across the hallway with the Clippers. 
I feel like a lot of young guys got to see, a lot of the, the team got to see what the young guys can do while LeBron was out. But I also feel like Zubac was able to move on to another situation. But at the same time, you got to see the talent that someone had without their biggest star playing. And then here you come, watching it on TV and then coming in in the middle of it. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, and I and I, I'm curious to know your thoughts. If LeBron wasn't hurt, I think we'd be we'd be talking conference finals right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I think they were playing. They started to play really well. They started to play really well around that time until and then got hurt. Um, and it slowed it down. It was too much injuries, man. They never really had like a full squad on that one. So, Going into Going into next season, you're a free agent. Would you like to come back to the Lakers? I would. I would. I feel like they're they're building a team that obviously and potentially could be in the championship, led by a superstar, unbelievable superstar that knows how to play the game very well. And I feel like I feel like I've been there for two years grinding in the G League and trying to help the situation out that that even in that situation I was I was still there feeling like I was part of the family. You know what I'm saying? So seeing the whole process happen and not really being a part of that team but a part of the, the little team it was it was a great it was a great thing to see. Like it was great to see the whole bringing Brown into the organization and, and just picking up the pieces like bringing Lance and Rondo and just how that all happened. It was nice to see from afar how they were building this team to be how the Lakers once were. Um, and I, I just feel like I've been a part of that from afar. Here's my question. Watching LeBron James this season and his rehab process, are you amazed by how fast he came back? One more time? Watching LeBron's rehab process this season, are you from, from looking at it before you joined the team and looking at it when you joined the team, are you surprised by how fast he came back? Um... Nah, I, I, not really, because I think he's the he's like he takes care of his body, like yeah. you know, like that's his that's like his number one thing, like especially when it comes to the basketball. This guy is a he's a beast, like he's always working on his body, like before games, after games, like and he's always like making sure he's lifting and doing his calisthenic work. And did you see that, like? Um, but like for the little bit that I was there, I saw that, and I can only imagine being hurt. Because when I'm hurt, I'm I'm having withdrawals from being out the game, and I can only imagine someone like him trying to bring his team to not being into the playoffs, to being in the playoffs, and like not being able to be out there with his boys. So I know he was going 110 on that recovery. Um, and I, I think that, I think that just that doesn't just that's not something that just 
anyone does, that's something that shows the passion behind the love of the game of basketball and just wanting to be out there. Yeah. And I think that's where he has. I remember talking to Kenny Smith over at TNT uh, about the 94 seniors. And if you recall, uh, the Houston Rockets were playing the, the, the uh, New York Knicks. And if you remember, at the same point that the Knicks were playing the Rockets, the O.J. Simpson for Bronco chase was going on. It was like a mm-hmm. split screen. Do you? And so he was telling me stories about how actually on the Rockets bench, they were talking about um, the O.J. chase during timeouts. Like actually Kenny was, was watching the chase and telling Rudy Tom Jonovich about it um, while he was on the bench. Comparatively, the season mm-hmm. finale for the Lakers, uh, you guys played Portland. And Magic Johnson had a 40-minute impromptu news interview or conference about him stepping down. At what point as a team did you guys know that that was going on during the game? Uh, well, at this at this point, <coughs> my ten day was up, so I wasn't I wasn't there for that exact game. Okay. So I I saw that from a I saw that from like watch the spectrum. While I was on, like while I was in my hotel room, like right. So like I saw that as a fan, like the rest of y'all, um, like I, I don't know when they caught on honesty. Okay, got you. I like it because you're honest. Radio on the line with Scott Machado talking Lakers, talking future, talking NBA in between. What are you planning for the summer? What's what are your goals? Right now, um, I'm taking it slow. I plan on going to Brazil to play with my national team. Nice. Uh, they had that street topia going on in Paris, France, um, during Fashion Week. Nice. Um, I might, I might go entertain that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully, I'm on a, I'm on an NBA roster, uh, and that's what the goal is. Um, not too sure about the summer league chase. Uh, I've been doing summer league because six years since I've been out and been going on to my eighth career, I mean, my eighth season um, in this profession. And I don't think somebody ever does anything for me. Um, so personally, I don't know if that's going to be in the plans with me and my team. Um, but as of right now, we don't think we're entertaining that. Fashion, basketball, you can't lose with that. I'm curious. You talked about um, the Houston Rockets and you playing with James Harden and you, obviously you played with LeBron. Um, I had um, Irv Roland uh, on the Scoopy Radio podcast last summer and he talked about just LeBron and the difference between LeBron and James Harden. From your perspective, James Harden and LeBron are both playmakers. Um, for yourself as a fan and playing with both of them, where do you draw the line of distinction between the two of them and their style of play? I think the James Harden jump shot is the difference um, because they're both very strong. Um, they both can get to the basket whatever they want to. And I do feel like they pass the ball to their teammates at right moment um, well, because James could shoot it. He makes the game a little bit more easier for his teammates. And that's why I think the Houston Rockets set it up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because he just made the game easier for them. And the only thing that I think was like he's he still he still has to play eighty two games and he's gonna be that for eighty two games plus the playoffs. So it's like I think they were a great team. Um but I guess you gotta put that into perspective too. And then with Braun, he Braun is just like a a huge player. And like he's a huge point guard and he sees over everybody and over the floor. And I think I, I think his best talent is passing the rock. because um, he's amazing at it. But his athleticism and his IQ of the game is what makes him makes him like who he is. So I think that the only difference is that James is more of a scorer and he shoots the ball better and he's not he's not dissecting the game as much as Brown is. Yeah. Um and another guy you played with was Steph Curry. Uh you signed a ten day contract with the Warriors uh back in twenty thirteen. Um I talked to Saquon Barkley uh a few days ago and remember the New York Giants and he told me he was a fan of Steph Curry. He said he wasn't the most athletic but his work ethic uh, is what really carries him. What have your experiences been, I guess, working out with Steph and training with Steph or just being in practice with Steph? Yeah. Um, when I was there with Steph, um, this is like Steph had like the air cast and stuff in his ankles. So as far as like practice, we were like down to a point where it was like, it was like not really full-blown practice. It was more so like, go through some drills, people that don't really play, go play against each other, and people that do, go do what you have to do, like treat your body, get your body right, get your shots up, and do what you have to do to be ready for the next game. And they, he was always out there working on his stuff shot. Like he was nonstop shot, 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 shot. And that you've seen, that you've seen, like that, Inevitable, like you've seen that, and he's just a unbelievable shooter. He's a hard worker, and it pays off. You remember the Brazilian national basketball team, as you mentioned. Um, when I look at Brazil, you have guys like Barbosa, you have guys like Nene. Who are some of the younger guys that are coming up that people should be paying attention to? Uh, we got the little point guard Yago. Mm-hmm. Um. They got Halsey Neto over there in Utah. They got a little man, uh, um, it's not his, it's Didi. They call him Didi. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just played in, uh, I think it was the NBA Hoops Summit, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, and he did his thing in that. Um, that game was on TV out here. They threw him out to Portland. It might have been the Nike Summit. Um, right. And he did that. And he did his thing in that. He's another young boy to watch after. Um, you know, and then, like, the Bruno Caboclo dude that's on Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, getting, he's getting another opportunity um, from after Toronto. And he did his thing when they called him up. And he finished the year with them. So, there's a few, man. There's a few. Um, 
feel like the Brazilian basketball is growing a lot. And um, you know, I'm happy for my culture in that aspect. So, yeah. And Anderson Varejao was on that team as well as Tiago Splatier, uh who played on Brazil's team. You guys won a Pan Pan American Games uh, gold medal in 2015. You guys did not qualify in 2019. Um, but but I, I'm really really impressed with just Brazil because I look at you know the U.S. game back in like 2004 where they went through like a uh, kind of a, a a drop, but then they found their way to, to bring it back and you know, under Coach K and more. For Brazil basketball, um, for you, what do you think um, the team needs to do in order to kind of bring it up another notch, or do you guys think that you're, like, right there? Uh, I think we're right there. Um, I'm not I'm not part of the management and who they decide to bring out there or not. Um, but I think, I think if they bring out the right people, they got a lot of they got a lot of talent um, in Brazil, so I think I think we're right there. The new coach is amazing. Um, he uh, he's been really good with us. Um, he's been bringing a whole different energy, that whole different style of play, um, plays and all that. But that's been the best part. Um, and they made a great decision in bringing him in as a coach. You play for the Raptors. At some point, you play for the Warriors. At some point, what do you think of the finals? Who do you think is going to win? Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think. I think I heard KD supposed to be back uh, tonight. Um, and the fact you take the team, the Warriors, got this wrapped up. So you think if he comes back, they got it locked up? Yeah. And if not, then it's going to Toronto. Yeah, um, Kawhi's playing like a like a mini Jordan right now. Everybody's saying that he is though. Like he's just taking over in the fourth. Like it's, it's like nobody ever seen that before. I mean, he did a little bit of that when he with Spurs, but other than that, I think he's doing the thing. Well, you heard it first. Scott, we got to get you on during the season once you get everything settled, man. And I appreciate you. We finally got it together. Thank you for joining us on the Scoopy Radio Podcast, brother. Thanks, Scoop. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. My man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, best Later. Scoopy Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you